Welcome to another episode of the Heat Strokes Podcast. Oh, I should have yelled too. Hosted by Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Get ready to experience golf as you've never seen and heard it before. The price is wrong. Through the lens of Brady's experienced eye as he braves the toughest courses in the West under the scorching Las Vegas heat. Your course reviews, expert PGA analysis, and top weekly golf betting strategies are teed up and ready to fire. Here's your starter, Brady Cannon. It is DeadHeatGolf.com, home to the Heat Strokes podcast, presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 14. I am Brady Cannon, and our guest host today is Adam Chernoff. He is a professional sports better and handicapper. You can find his work at Right Angle Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Adam Chernoff. Great to have you on the show today, Adam. It's been a while since we have spoken, but uh, I knew you were a worthy candidate to appear here on the Heat Strokes podcast because, of course, it was in August, a very hot day last summer, when you and I played Rio Seiko, a course that we will feature on the show today. Uh, but it was a warm one that day, wasn't it, my friend? I have, I'm still surprised I made it through. I remember <laughs> after I came back from Vegas, I unpacked the the golf bag and everything from the travel case. And it was empty water bottles, Advil, and uh, a whole lot of wet towels and ruined socks. That was as hot of a round of golf as I've ever played in my life. So it's good to be chatting with you in a little bit cooler circumstances today. Yes, indeed. Apropos, for sure, the Rio Seco round we played last August. Uh, in the second half of our show today, of course, we will preview the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois, a location they have held this tournament at for the past 23 years. But first, Adam, let's dive into our featured golf course, the aforementioned Rio Seco. It is located in the southeast part of town of Las Vegas, actually in Henderson in the Anthem Hills, a tremendous golf course, one of the best in town, and also a top 200 resort course in America just a 25-minute drive from the Las Vegas Strip. It is a Reese Jones design, features a great deal of elevation change, some massive panoramic views of the Strip and the Las Vegas Valley. It's got some excellent par threes, some great short par fours. There's really a good mixture of desert-style golf and also some traditional hole design. And I think it's really a shot maker's course. You really have to hit some golf shots at Rio Seco. It can certainly be challenging, but there are a number of tee boxes to choose from. Adam, the, the dog legs, the canyons, the variety of shots needed to get around this golf course, I really think it's one of, if not the best layouts in town. Your thoughts, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about your experience when we were there last summer. Oh, I, I learned the word from you playing this course, uh, Barenka. And I don't know yes. if that's necessarily a good thing because certainly was in my fair share. But uh, in the U.S. <laughs> Open last month, when they kept mentioning on the broadcast, I thought about you in this round uh, that we played. But honestly, a, a bit of a controversial statement. 
I think desert golf is the worst type of golf, caveat, for the first time you play a course. I don't think there's any other style of golf course that is more punishing to a player the first time you go through it. And so I, I don't want to have my experience playing the course where I just got killed, take away from how beautiful the course is and how terrific the layout is. But it, it really makes me want to go back and play it a second time. Because like you mentioned, the way that it is laid out and how it weaves in and out of the area and how they were able to use all the contours, especially around the green and create some really interesting tee shots, is something that I want to go back and play again. Playing it the first time, though, I mean, you can get absolutely killed if you don't know exactly where you're going because the elevation changes added into all of the cutoffs and all the different slopes and contours uh, make for a very challenging first round when you see it for the first time. Yeah, Reese Jones, he he doesn't mess around. He doesn't necessarily make it uh, all that easy on you. And I know some PGA Tour players aren't really thrilled with some of his designs either. But uh, this one, in my opinion, is a real gem. And I'd love to have you back out to give it another test. Um, I, I would say the fairways aren't especially narrow at, at Rio Seco. But if you miss the fairway, there's really no relief off of the fairway. You're in the desert and probably, you know, suffering a lost golf ball. The greens are pretty big. They do have some undulation, subtle sloping from back to front, different tiers on some of them. I, I would say it's safe to say in general, you want to be below the hole with your approach shots into these greens at Rio Seco. Gorgeous clubhouse, very nice bar and restaurant area, locker room, showers, a nice outdoor patio, some huge, you probably remember this, Adam, some huge, amazing homes that outline some of these holes. They kind of sit up on the ridge with the golf course down in the valley below. It's really a pretty darn stunning property all the way around, Adam. If, if you have to narrow it down, we always do this on the show here. If you have to come up with maybe just one or two holes, did you have a favorite hole or two from that day? So I went through in my mind knowing we were talking about this course and the first one that stood out to me was number two. So it's that elevated tee shot and then it's the big dog leg to the right and those homes, like you mentioned, are sitting on top. A perfect example of what I was saying. So I remember I was on the tee box with you and you were uh, sort of pointing out where to go and the, the line was way off of what your eyes thought it should be. And because of the elevation, I ended up playing it long into the rocks and it was a lost ball. But the way that that hole kind of goes down off the tee box then you have a really interesting shot into the green there's sort of hills that come off the left side that again just really trick your eyes into where you want to play it and it's that example where you you have way more room on the left than you thought when you're standing on that fairway so two was really nice and the other one that came to mind brady was number five again kind of a similar tee shot where it's it's the opposite it goes left but it's that elevated tee shot down you've got the bunker left so there's trouble but you, again, you have to be really sort of precise off the tee because if you go long, you're dead in the dog leg too. So it requires really good placement. And then going into that fifth green, again, it's that sort of visual trick that the course plays on you where it's a little bit elevated above your eye line and you don't see exactly how much room you have. So not only is the tee shot requiring a lot of precision, but that second shot into the green is a really tricky one too. So those were the two that really stood out. I know there's some beautiful par threes on the back, but I mean, by the time we got to 12 or 13, I was I was in bad shape with the heat out there. So the, the ones I remember <laughs> most were those two on the front. Well, number two is the number one handicap hole, and that is a stunning visual from the tee box. You can see all of Las Vegas. That is a great hole. 
It sounds like you and I are fans of the front nine. I, I love that elevated green Big on number time. five too. My my uh, my favorites are number six and number seven. And I and believe me, I had a tough time picking out just two uh, because there's so many good ones at Rio Seco. But number six is a par three, plays about 160 to 165, an elevated tee box down to this green that is bordered by this canyon wall that kind of runs around the back side and around the right-hand side. The green kind of slopes from back to front and from right to left, a big green side bunker in front. And when you're standing up there on the tee box, there's always a little bit of wind that you can't always necessarily feel. So club selection is really important. And then of course you have to hit a well-struck shot. And if you do both of those, you're going to have a good look at birdie on this hole. I have made birdie here before. Uh, I've also made some others, if you will. But then you roll up to number <laughs> seven, and uh, number seven, just a short par four, probably the narrowest fairway on the course, I would say. But it's pretty short, about 350 yards. So you can bang a three-wood up there and then hit a short iron for your approach into a pretty severely undulated green. And if you remember, Adam, it's got that rock wall behind the green. It's got like a rock, uh, uh, a rock arrangement where it spells out Rio Seco. This is kind of the signature hole. But on the tee box, it almost looks like the, the green is sitting in somewhat of a cave. But it takes two yeah. really good golf shots, uh, a straight shot off the tee and a good iron shot in. You know, and you mentioned number two and number five. I mean, just what it, there, there's the picture there on the graphic. That, that is just a fantastic hole, uh, number seven. Um, but so many good ones here at Rio Seco. A Adam, I, I wonder if you have a good story. I know you've been out here just once, and, and certainly it was a memorable day with the heat and everything that we experienced. But uh, was there a moment during your round or a story that you recall from that day at Rio Seco? Yeah, we got to the, we got to the turn, and the, the little halfway house there was closed. And so a guy ran out of water. <laughs> but I remember in the bathrooms, they had air conditioning. So this is the first <laughs> moment of reprieve after being in the heat for two hours. Again, I'm from Canada here, so there's some bias. But I, I think when we played, it was about 111 or 112. We teed off at like 115. So we would peak in the heat. I had played 18 before we teed off um, uh, out in the valley. So I, I was already going on to the, the back nine of the second round. And I was just struggling to get through. But I, I vividly remember just in the bathroom with my head against the fan trying to get some <laughs> sense back into me because it was such a, a rough shape. Um, but I do, I, I, you mentioned six, that par three, we had that tricky front right pin. I remember hitting that tee shot and it kind of hung. And that was that was the one birdie of the day that I ended up making on the course. Oh, good. I had a good look at 10. I had a good look at 10, but uh, I do remember six, as you were talking about, I remember that tee shot working out for me against that tricky pin. So... Um, that was that was the one bright moment that I had on that course for sure. It was a battle to say the least. I had forgotten that you had already played 18 that day. Boy, that is that's some heat strokes podcast <laughs> stuff for sure out there. It was a battle. Of course, you yeah. were out here, I believe, uh, signing up for some football contests and stuff like that. And then, uh, of course, we played out there at Rio Seco. Um, that was fun for sure. My my favorite story goes back about eight or ten years. And of course, you make a great point about playing Rio Seco for the first time. It, it can really eat your lunch and you want to take it on again. I was playing with this guy. He had me out to his home course. And 
he was a decent player. He was okay. And it was a real nasty day. It was rainy. It was windy. It was cold. It, it was fairly miserable, really. And, and what made it even worse is he was beating the heck out of me. So we, we finish up and I pay him his money. And I tell him, I said, hey, next week, I want to bring you out to Rio Seco. I'm going to get my revenge. And I know just taking this guy out outside of his uh, comfort zone at his home course and introduce him to Rio Seco, I I'm going to be able to drill him. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, he struggled mightily and I played pretty well that day. And uh, I, I evened up on the uh, on the exchange of monies there. Uh, but it, it was a, a feeling of accomplishment to get him out of his own backyard and his home course and uh, bring him back to reality, knock him back down to earth a little bit, taking a, having him take on Rio Seiko. So that, that was a little dose of reality for this guy that was just kind of used to playing his little simple home course. And we let him play a big boy track and got even with him that day. Can you name names on the other party within this group or does that remain private? Well, I, I could name his name, but I don't think anybody knows him. He's just a, he's a doctor here in Las Vegas and is not uh, too involved in the sports betting space. But I do remember that very well. And, and that's like my go-to thing. If you ever need to take a guy out and, and show him what uh, challenging golf is like, take him to Rio Seco. Um, there's just there's no reprieve whatsoever. So like I completely understand that if it's your first time going through, there's just you have to be on for 18 holes and so precise. It, it's a very, very fun challenge. But if you're just if you're struggling a little bit, you can get making big numbers in a hurry on this course, but a very fun track to say the least. Yeah, I, I you're exactly right. I, I think the design is so good when when you get used to it. It certainly doesn't seem as hard, but you have to be, it makes you hit golf shots. And that's what I really like about it. I, you know, we talk about, we, and we'll get to it in a minute when we handicap PGA tour events. Oh, it's a bombers course. It's a ball strikers course, this and that. Rio Seco is a ball strikers course. You have to be, you have to be hitting the ball flush around that place to really score well. Um, it is definitely a high-end resort. I mentioned it's a top 200 resort course in America. A great deal of natural beauty, the canyons, the elevation change, the scenery, excellent golf conditions here. And it can really be challenging if you wanna stretch this out and play some of the tee boxes that make this course even longer, but it can be somewhat forgiving as well. They added some tee boxes just in the last five years or so uh, to make it a little more player friendly. Uh, and, and as we noted, a Reese Jones design, who is certainly no joke. Uh, the pricing is not inexpensive, but it is very fair. You definitely get what you pay for here at Rio Seco. In peak season, you can play from about $175 to $300 per player. And in the summertime, it'll drop you down to about $125 to $165. It's also home to the Butch Harmon School of Instruction. So some top-notch golf lessons available there. If you're so inclined, you can find them online at golfrioseco.com. And you can also find them on our website, deadheatgolf.com is one of our featured golf courses. And you can also give them a call, 702-777-2400 and tell them the fellas from the Heat Strokes podcast sent you. We will take a quick break and be back with our picks for the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors, Play Studios, the Scent Realty Group, Las Vegas Advisor, and footballcontest.com. I mentioned Adam out here in August last year. Folks, football contest signups are happening as we speak and throughout the summer. 
the Golden Nugget, Circa, the Westgate Super Contest. All of those contests are now available for signups. And footballcontest.com can act as your proxy service. Use the promo code HEAT at checkout to save $50. Again, the promo code HEAT at checkout to save 50 bucks at footballcontest.com. We will be back with more of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas in just a moment. When the Heat Strokes crew isn't burning up the hottest golf courses in the country, playing a game we'd all spend a lifetime trying to master, they're doing something just as smoking, but a whole lot easier. They're playing My Vegas Slots. It's a top-ranked, free-to-play mobile app that lets you earn valuable real-world rewards from some amazing partners like MGM Grand, Bellagio, and Norwegian Cruise Line. You can score rooms, great meals, show tickets, and more just for playing. Download My Vegas Slots today from your favorite app store. And if you're anything like Brady and Matt, we know you're going to love it. And that's something you can bet on. Have you ever wanted to play in one of the biggest football contests in Las Vegas and win a million dollars or more? At footballcontest.com, find out how to sign up and make your picks through Nevada's most experienced proxy service. You do the handicapping, we do the legwork. And our service is a convenience for both locals and non-residents alike. Over the past decade, thousands have trusted footballcontest.com as their proxy service and have collected winnings of over $10 million. Whether you're a fan of five picks against the spread or survivor pools, footballcontest.com has all the information you need to get started. You pick the winners, we submit your picks. It's that easy at footballcontest.com. Attention all real estate buyers, sellers, and investors. Are you looking for a trustworthy and experienced team to help you navigate the Las Vegas, Southern Nevada market? Look no further than Bescent Realty Group, specializing in residential, commercial, and investment properties. With over nine years of experience in the industry, we have the knowledge and skills to help you find the perfect property or investment opportunity. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're committed to providing exceptional service and delivering results. Contact us today to take the first step towards achieving your real estate goals in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada. Call now, 702-339-8052, or go to BescentRealty.com. Want to gamble like the pros? At LasVegasAdvisor.com, you'll find the world's best how-to books, software, and strategy cards featuring blackjack, poker, video poker, tournament play, and of course, sports betting, including 2020 sports betting, Think Like a Pro, which contains an 85-page section on betting golf. And don't forget to check out LVA's famous member rewards coupon book, offering discounts on dining and entertainment, including a buy one, get one for the awesome lobster buffet at the Palms and more than $400 in gambling free play match play and bonus offers up your gambling game today at lasvegasadvisor.com that's lasvegasadvisor.com Mandalay Bay comes alive as the fan district the go-to destination for all of fan kind gather here stay here eat here and celebrate here fans get exclusive food and drink specials and one-of-a-kind experiences loaded with giveaways photo ops surprise appearances, and more. And the best part, it's all within walking distance of the stadium. Get the party started or keep the party going at the Fan District. Brady Cannon and Adam Chernoff with you here on the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. It is time to break down the John Deere Classic taking place since year 2000 at TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois. 
Adam, this is a DAY-bring design, and the fairways are pretty darn wide with some sharp dog legs. The greens are bent grass. They're average size. Water is only in play on a few holes around this track. It is a golf course on the shorter side, a par 71 at less than 7,300 yards. It does have some elevation change, some rolling undulated terrain in the fairways. Not a difficult course, but a very good design, maybe a little bit of an underrated design. Over the course of the last 13 seasons, the average winning score has been just a shade better than 21 under par. But the very best players often skip this event because traditionally the John Deere Classic was always the week before the British Open. Now this year, it is two weeks before. We've got the Scottish Open coming up next week. So the field is a little bit better this year. But still, a lot of the big names are missing. But this is a very well-fan-supported tournament, a tremendous sponsor, the John Deere Company of the PGA Tour, been a longtime sponsor. I, I think people will find this event, you know, sometimes it, get, it gets cast aside as, oh, the John Deere Classic. It is really a, a good event that, like I say, is very well-supported by the fans and the sponsorship. The players really like this track. So I think uh, when you're watching this weekend, take note that this is maybe a better golf tournament than it gets credit for. Uh, Adam, one thing remains true, however. It looks like for the third week in a row, we will have another birdie fest on our hands. How did you handicap this one this week? Yeah, birdie fest is right. And look, I'm not, the, not a professional golf better. I'm a huge golf fan, and I bet it weekly uh majority of my expertise is on the nfl side and has been for years so i'll be i'll be keeping up here with you but when i look at this course from just a fan perspective echo a lot of what you said it can be a fun watch i much more enjoy the challenging watches we're certainly not going to see that the one thing that stood up to me was um doing a little bit of digging on this course in this event more than 50 percent of approach shots field wide tournament wide the whole week come from within 140 yards it's the highest rate on tour and so when you're reading quotes that guys have about the course uh, beyond just the scoring they're all talking about how it's really a wedge and putting fest there's really nothing that scares these guys off of the tee um, everything's going to be all about proximity from inside that 150 yard range because that's just where guys end up off the tee so you're really looking for guys that can as always just kind of willingness to go low and be super aggressive and that's really what i'm looking for and when we get into the picks a lot of younger guys with this weak field that really big numbers that can come into play this week i think yeah no you're spot on i looked at strokes gained approach i think that will be very uh prevalent this week i looked at strokes gained ball striking we talked about rio seiko i, I think this is a, a very much of a ball strikers course as well uh, we've seen both bombers and shorter hitters win here, and to you, you know, you allude to it as well. I don't think there is a massive advantage one way or another off the tee, whether you're long or accurate. It's really about 150 yards in that approach play. Uh, um, good drives gained. I, I do want guys that can find the fairway, hit a good drive, and then go from there. I looked at birdie or better gained, scrambling. And then, as you mentioned, Adam, hole proximity from 75 to 150 yards is that's where most of the approach shots are going to fall on this golf course. You get guys that are really good from one uh, from 75 to 150, and you're probably going to have a guy that finds himself towards the top of the leaderboard. 
As far as the correlated courses, I took a handful, uh, a look at a handful of them this week. Colonial, where they play the Charles Schwab Challenge. Silverado and Napa, where they play the Fortinet. Uh, Memorial Park, where they've played the Houston Open the last few years. Uh, Detroit Golf Club, where they were just at last week for the Rocket Mortgage. TPC Twin Cities and then TPC River Highlands, which really kicked off this three-week birdie fest uh, for the Travelers Championship, where Keegan Bradley won a few weeks ago. Um, before we get to those picks that you mentioned, Adam, let's get to our guest picks. And for that, we bring in Sia Najat. He is a professional handicapper with CBS Sports and the Sports Line, a very good golf handicapper indeed. You can follow him on Twitter at Sianajad. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And for the outright winner, he's got four selections. Make that five selections, rather. Eric Cole at 30 to 1. Stefan Yager at 30 to 1. Ches Reevy at 50 to 1. Doug Gim at 65 to 1. And Peter Quest, who made it into the Rocket Mortgage as a Monday qualifier last week, ended up finishing fourth. He's got Quest at 100 to 1. For his full tournament head-to-head -head matchups, he's got Yager again at minus 120 over Patrick Rogers. Michael Kim, a former winner here at even money over Sam Stevens. And then Alex Smalley at minus 110 over Seamus Power. Uh, some finish position bets here. He's got a top 40 finish on Carson Young, not Cameron Young, but Carson Young at plus 110. A top 30 finish on Ches Reevy at plus 125 and Emiliano Brillo at minus 110. And then finally, some first round leader bets from Sia. And, and he did preface this by telling me, of course, at the time of recording or the time he sent me these plays, the tee times had not been uh, sent out just yet. So he likes to play guys that tee off in the morning wave. And he'll probably adjust this uh, collection of first round leader plays here. Maybe he'll keep them all if they're all teeing off in the morning. But he likes to stick with guys that tee off in the morning wave. And right now he's got Stefan Yager at 45 to 1. Eric Cole, basically a facsimile of his outrights. Eric Cole at 45, Smalley at 55 to 1. Doug Gim at 65 to 1, and Ches Reevy also at 65 to 1 to be your first round leader. Anything jump out at you there, Adam, from Sia's picks? Uh, a lot going on there, Brady. Uh, be honest, the one thing <laughs> yes. that stood out those first round leaders, uh, Thursday is going to be the one day that's impacted by weather. It's also going to rain overnight, Wednesday into Thursday, based on the forecast right now as we're recording. And so when it comes to looking at the waves or the splits, I think there's a lot of variance there just because of the weather that could sort of mess everything up on Thursday, potentially. Um, but certainly with how soft the course plays on Thursday, it'll be the easiest day of the week that the course presents. Every day is going to be easy, but Thursday has the potential to be really soft. So I think, I think everything first round leader related is a huge crapshoot with the weather and the conditions for sure. Well, you know, and I'm sure C is very well aware of this. Um, the first round leader market is really the worst market you can bet into. The hold percentage is massive. And, you you know, Huge. picking an outright winner is like trying to find a needle in a haystack, right? This is a needle in a haystack on steroids for a first round leader. Uh, and, and I'm sure, like I say, I'm sure C is aware of that. Uh, whenever I play first round leader, it's very, very small risk. And I hit one a couple. I hit Ricky Fowler at the U.S. Open. That's the only one I've hit all year. So I mean, it, that it's that type of randomness in that market. 
Um, all right, Adam, it is your turn, my friend. The floor is yours. Who are you on this week at the John Deere? So I've got four outrights that I've come up with. One of them matches what we just looked at, but I'll start off with uh, two guys who can potentially have sort of career altering wins against weak fields here, which we've seen several times in the past, just because of the course setup, as well as the field strength that usually comes with it. So Gordon Sargent and Peter Quest as well, which I had a, a better number like Sia had, but I have Quest at 80 to one and Sargent at 60 to one. Uh, Sargent had a decent U.S. Open top amateur, and that was after the Masters where he struggled quite a bit. But a lot of the struggles that Sargent had with the Masters, some of the events are all around sort of nuances on the green. He's a huge hitter off of the tee. Uh, but everything when you read the quotes that he has trouble with is just a lot of the green speeds and sort of tricky conditions. Definitely not the case here this week. So he can bomb it off the tee. I, I have confidence that off the U.S. Open, he can get it around an incredible talent. And then Peter Quest, again, he's a Corn Ferry Tour guy. He's used to these shootouts every single week. He got that special condition last week, and now he's playing for status this week if he can have another good finish. So there's a lot on the table for Quest to come back with another week of really low scoring. He's just a guy that's used to it. And then two longer odds here, Cameron Champ, again, another guy who's really been the biggest hitter on tour for the last number of years. He can hit it anywhere he wants this week. But what's quietly been going under the radar, I think, for Champ is his putting struggles have been an issue. This year, inside 10 feet, he's having the best putting year of his entire career. So he's starting uh, with the coaches that he's working with to get his putting stroke dialed out. I think he's a guy that can really put it anywhere he wants off the tee, potentially get hot this week on the greens. And then Harry Higgs. Remember Harry Higgs, uh, a guy that's been... Big Rig Higgs. Yeah, he's been struggling lately. There's been some interesting interviews that he's done. He's a very open guy, so you get to see a lot and hear a lot about his game specifically. He's been going through some swing changes, which has been part of his downfall, and he had a big sort of connection issues where his arms were getting stuck behind, something us amateur golfers deal with all the time. But in the last three to four weeks, he's been talking about how his confidence is back. He's been able to get his swing where he wants it, and that played through where he was competitive up here in Canada just a couple weeks ago and is starting to sort of come around. So he's not a guy in a field like this, if he's on, that should be at 160 to one. So I like where his head is at and think he's uh, potentially priced a little bit too long. So four guys I have for outrights, uh, big prices on each, but it's this type of week and course where you can take some flyers with some longer numbers. No, I think that's a great assessment with Harry Higgs. And I was not aware of the analysis there about his swing and everything, but I would agree with you. This guy can light it up really at a moment's notice and 160 does seem maybe a little inflated to me. I know you also have one full tournament head-to-head -head matchup as well. Yeah, so I was looking at Eric Cole minus 120 against Ann. Um, Ann has a wrist injury he's dealing with, and so he's having issues gripping the club. Um, that's lingering. You never know specifically with injury this early in the week. Uh, really, the only head-to-heads that I'm ever interested in are against guys who are hurt. And so, again, there's no official injury report when it comes to handicapping the PGA Tour, but that wrist injury has been lingering with them for a while and still seems to be there this week, uh, according to the early report. So, really, this is just hoping that that wrist injury continues to impact his play. 
that you can get Eric Cole at minus 120 uh, against him. And that's in a three-way market where the tie is in play as well for the full 72 holes. So really just an injury play there on the matchup. Well, you've got to jump on me on the research there. I was not uh, completely uh, aware of Benny On's wrist injury. So uh, maybe uh, I'll we have to reevaluate. It's, uh, it's, it's always a risk with injury news in golf. So we'll see. What You're happens. right. You're right. I, I've, you know, jumped on some plays with injury information that have gone great. And I've jumped on others that have gone sideways. So uh, we will see. But good research by you for sure. Um, okay, I will get to my plays here. I have played all of these guys for an outright win and also a top 20 finish. And I started with Adam Shank at 32 to 1. Been having a really good season. This guy was always kind of a tour, uh, tour journeyman, and now he has elevated himself all the way to the 51st ranked player in the world. He lost in a playoff at Colonial, runner up at the Valspar. He was seventh at the Memorial and seventh last week in Detroit. He's also had two top 10 finishes here at the John Deere. Over the last 36 rounds, he's ninth in this field for strokes gained approach and 12th in birdies or better gain. Uh, Stefan Yager, I shared that pick with Sia. Uh, I've got him at 35 to one. I was on him last week. He cashed the top 20 for us, finishing ninth in Detroit. He shot a final round 63. And I always like when guys finish like that. Hopefully that 63 that he shot on Sunday will carry over uh, to what he does here in Silvis, Illinois. Uh, also, 17th in this field over the last 36 rounds in whole proximity from 125 to 150, one of those distances we were talking about earlier. Uh, Chris Kirk at 35 to 1, another guy that I was on last week and another guy that cashed the top 20 for me. He is just money. Adam, we talked about the distances, less than 150 yards. He is probably the best guy in the field from 75 to 150. Over the last 36 yeah. rounds, from 125 to 150, he's first. He's third from 100 to 125, and he's seventh from 75 to 100. So Chris Kirk, a nice finish last week. We'll see if we can get another one out of him. And then Alex Smalley at 40 to 1. Uh, he's got four top 25 finishes in his last seven starts. Number one in this field over the last 36 rounds for strokes gained approach and strokes gained ball striking. So this course certainly ought to fit that profile. Uh, Patrick Rogers at 43 to one, big hitter with a great short game, 29th in this field for strokes gain ball striking and 27th for scrambling, also 14th for strokes gain putting on bent grass over the last 36 rounds. And he was runner up here at the John Deere in 2017. And then finally, the aforementioned Bayung Hoon An, uh, Benny on not a great putter, but a very good ball striker. He can rack up some birdies over the last 36 rounds. Number one in the field for scrambling sixth in whole proximity from 100 to 125 and 23rd from 125 to 150 and 11th in strokes gained ball striking. So let's uh, hope that that wrist is OK. Let's hope that he loses to Eric Cole, but uh, is good enough to finish top 20. That would be OK. Right, Adam? A good middle for everybody. Yeah, interesting note <laughs> about Kirk there for sure. I can see uh, him in that wedge play certainly being an asset this week. And then full tournament matchups. I took uh, Benny on at minus 110 over Seamus Power. So again, both you and I can win there uh, on or against Benny on. Adam Shank at plus 105 over Ludwig Aberg. 
Uh, Aberg is really the hot new item on the PGA Tour and was just one shot off the lead last week at the Rocket Mortgage, but he's a big hitter. Everything, the strength of his game is off of the tee, and I don't know if that's going to help him a whole lot here at the John Deere. Uh, Stefan Yager at minus 115 over Eric Cole, and then also Eric Smalley at minus 105 over Eric Cole. So we can still work this all out, Adam. Uh, Eric Cole can finish, uh, you know, behind some guys, ahead of some guys, and, and we can all win our plays. Um, I do want to get to uh, a weekly uh, installment here on the program. And of course, that is our Pizza Money Play of the Week. It is brought to you by Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria and Bar in the Summerlin area right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I went with the 72-hole winning score over 262 and a half. So that means that your winner, your winner will finish at 21 under par or worse. Now, the average winning score here has been a shade worse than 21 and a half under par for the last 13 seasons. So I like it staying under 22 and a half, or excuse me, 22 under par for your winning score. And Adam, you talked about the weather, some thunder showers, some soft conditions. There is very little wind. Scoring conditions ought to be good. But I think this golf course is a little bit harder than what we've seen the past two weeks uh, in Connecticut and uh, last week in Detroit. I just feel like the winner is going to be at 19 or 20. I don't think they're going to get all the way to 22. So over 262 and a half for your Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria and Bar Pizza Money Play of the Week. And Adam, I understand you've got a couple of Pizza Money plays as well this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll add two because that, that pizza was looking very nice. Um, I've got <laughs> one for the John Deere Classic, and then we'll go elsewhere for the other one. So I, I know exactly what you're saying about the winning score. Um, I went lowest round score under 62 at plus 175, and that's a loss if it's exactly 62. So keep an eye on the pricing for that market. But Brady, for me here, this is just a complete gamble on the weather. If everybody's able to go through Thursday as expected and there's no crazy delay. Just how easy this course is with how soft it could potentially play with the rain overnight, you might see guys go ridiculously low on Thursday. If this doesn't happen on Thursday, probably a stretch to get it elsewise, but uh, I took a gamble here on just that that 62 uh, being better than that for the lowest round score. And then I'll, throw, I'll sneak another one in here. Uh, we'll go Rose Zhang to win the U.S. Women's Open. Probably where a lot of my attention is going to be watching this week. They're playing at Pebble Beach. It's going to be a really fun tournament. Uh, the big thing that stands out, she went to Stanford. She has the women's course record at Pebble Beach. She's probably the best story in golf this entire year outside of the, the PGA live back and forth. An absolute treat to watch her play. Glad she's now on the tour full time has the potential to win her first major here at the course where she holds the course record. The big thing that stands out to me, you're reading other stuff from Nelly Corda and top players on the on the tour, and they're all saying how they had to go back and play video games or watch YouTube videos to figure out the course. Not a lot of them have been able to play it just because of the exclusivity and how it's not on the calendar. Um, so a big advantage for Rose here in the U.S. Open really suits her style of play. Let's see what happens. She's the betting favorite, but uh, as square as it might be, have to take it in what will be a fun tournament to watch. I love it, Adam. And I, I love that you came in with a, an alternate tour or what have you for your pizza money play of the week. Uh, Rose Zhang, you're right, has been certainly one of the big stories of the year in all of golf. And, you know, I think it's kind of a good rule of thumb 
players from Stanford and Cal and Northern California at Pebble Beach, they always seem to do well. Maverick McNeely, Patrick Rogers, no matter what tour you're looking at, I love the connection there with Pebble Beach and Stanford. So good luck to you and Rose Zhang. Adam, I know you're going to be out here in August again. So when you do come out, uh, let's win these bets and use that money to go buy a few uh, pieces of pizza at Dom DeMarco. I'm, I'm all in on the Dom DeMarco's pizza based on that <laughs> image that I just saw slide across my screen over the lunch hour here. So I'm all for it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Stick around to find out how you can find and follow us. If you missed some of the information, some of the picks, it'll be up shortly at our website, deadheatgolf.com or wherever you get your podcasts. A little later this afternoon, we'll have the video version up on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel at Heat Strokes Podcast. Give us all the likes, the subscribes, and the love on the social media, if you will. Thank you to our crew, Tom Catlin on video, Jeremiah Crow with Green Roll Media on the audio, and Trifco on the creative design. I also want to extend a special thanks to our guest host today, Adam Chernoff. Great catching up with my friend here today and also to our special guest contributor, Sia Najad. You can follow him on Twitter at Sia Najad. And I also want to remind everyone that we will be back for another golf course review next week at this same time. And we will also preview the Scottish Open final event before the final major of the year, the British Open at Royal Liverpool. Everybody, I encourage you to go play Rio Seco. It is a fantastic golf course. It's beautiful to look at, tremendous scenery, only about 25 minutes off of the Las Vegas Strip. Enjoy the John Deere Classic. Let's cash some tickets. And Adam, please remind everyone to stay hot. You've been dialed into the Heat Strokes Podcast with Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And produced in conjunction with Green Roll Media. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Subscribing to the show on YouTube is easy. Just search Heat Strokes Podcast. Follow us on social media at Las Vegas Golfer and at Heat Strokes Pod. If you like what you heard, please follow, like, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Good luck out there sinking birdies at Cash and Tickets. Cash and Tickets. We'll see you next week.